0: Hi, I'm Adrian Maben. Welcome to the podcast. I'm also where we talk to people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. My guest for this episode is Ron Stewart. Ron is an Australian who lives in Japan, where he is a professor in the sociology department of Daito Banka University. I probably said that wrong. He teaches English, multiculturalism, and conducts a class on comics, manga, and society. Hi, Ron. Hi, Adrian. Did I,
1: get, did, I, did I get university right? The, the uni- university is this Daito Bunka University, and it's a, it's a legacy of the pre-war era. <laughs> the name. Oh. Um, it, it's like the Japan has Asian Co-prosperity Sphere, and that was called Daito A. So this is called Daito Bunka, and it was actually a university made to train bureaucrats to govern the colonies in china and, and uh so it's not called daito art it's called daito bunka great art culture university and uh so it, it, it used to be a national university but after the war it got cut off and it's become private but it's still quite big and it still has chinese as a tradition and it's one of the only universities in japan that has a a major in calligraphy in brush writing calligraphy Chinese characters so it's kind of unusual university
0: wow and how long how long have you been in japan
1: in japan um Ooh. i've been here, i've been here uh oh. 98 i've been back and forth a few times before then but i've been here basically the whole time since 98 so 22 years
0: wow yeah was it like yeah your- did you have that sort of desire to go there or was it you just sort of turned up and went, I like it?
1: Oh, uh, I, I probably couldn't tell you the long story of this, but I, I actually was more interested in China. But, uh, I had a friend cancel a trip planned there. And in before I could actually make the China, I made friends with a Japanese person in Australia. And uh, I came over for his wedding and I ended up by... Spent a few weeks here and friends here showed me around, everyone was just so friendly. I couldn't speak any Japanese. Everyone could speak a little bit of English when necessary to get me back to the train station. And I just uh, found people really friendly. Uh, And another thing was that I love drawing cartoons and comics. And at the time when I first came here, I was actually drawing cartoons for um, a surfing magazine called Tracks in Australia. And uh, another one in Hawaii called Groundswell, which I lost. And I was buying pens and screen turns, stuff like that from art shops in Sydney, in Australia. And some of it, screen turn cost about $15, $20 for a single sheet. When I got here to Japan on a trip for my friend's wedding, um, I went to a place called called Tokyo Hands, which sells everything. And they had screen tens and tens of sheets of the stuff and all different designs. And they only cost about $3 a sheet. And I was like, I'm drawing heaven. And I thought, I want to come back. I want to stay longer here.
0: Yeah. So I thought, I mean, you're so qualified now. I thought, well, maybe he went Japanese first. And, uh... um,
1: the, before my long stay, yes. But my original meeting and, and wanting to learn more about it was... Actually, through a friend, and because I, I found this is like a drawing heaven, I think was my was the re- main reasons. I think.
0: Yeah, because you are a cartoonist, are not you?
1: Yes, yes. But,
0: uh,
1: but, but yeah. that that led me to actually studying Japanese. I, I when I got back, I I quit my job as an electronics technician and, and went went to university and majored in Japanese. Uh, Wollongong University in Australia. Yeah
0: yeah and then how did you um how did you end up getting into like the education system over there yeah it's a long story
1: after studying yeah after studying japanese i'm majoring in japanese in australia i um i applied for a scholarship to come to japan i'd actually come across once it's been a a university here and uh at some point i applied for a a uh postgraduate, um, scholarship. And at the time I was studying at, teach my Japanese. I was studying at DipEd ed to get a teaching qualification. So I could teach Japanese in high school. I got the scholarship and that brought me to Japan, uh, to Tokyo university, then to Nagoya to study. And I did a master's and PhD. And when my scholarship ran out, I needed to work and just like, uh, magic, not like magic, just a piece of good luck, someone offered me a, a bit of part-time teaching, and uh, that led from one thing to the next. I got married and I found I needed a full-time so I, I started actively applying for work, you know, teaching, So, uh, and I've gone from con- contract work to full-time tenured position in the space of, I think, Fourteen years now.
0: Oh wow! So, do you teach in English or are you teach in Japanese? Because because you're fluent, aren't you, sort of... uh,
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean um, fluency is always really difficult to explain. I, I, daily conversation is not a problem. Once you start getting in a specific topic, my understanding can drop down down about seventy. Uh, if I can control the speed of the conversation, and I I can push that understanding up further, well if it's my specialty, it's not a problem. Um I I teach only a couple of classes in English and I teach I teach English lessons to uh students and they tend to be about 80% in English, 20% in Japanese. Uh, I teach multiculturalism which is just in Japanese and my my cartoons comics classes in Japanese only. So
0: it's um, pretty so- I That's use, pretty impressive.
1: Um, there's, it's a bit of hard work, and I'm, I'm sure the way I speak in Japanese isn't, isn't the same as a native speaker. But uh, the students understand, <laughs> and if they don't understand something, they can ask questions. But it's it's all in Japanese.
0: Mm. I guess are they very polite, polite in Japanese students? Um, or is yeah, it, I'm, so
1: compared having, to Western. Um, Yes, the, the, they tend to be re- polite, I don't know it's a polite, story. they're polite, re- um, they don't seem enthusiastic, if I, I thought I remember being uh, a student in Australia, maybe, you've really got to drag questions out of them, it's, it's hard to get them to, um, to actively ask questions, so sometimes it's difficult to know how much they actually understand, uh, so... They, in a, in a way, a little docile is not a good word. <laughs> they they tend to do what they're told. They tend to uh, listen, or at least seem like they're listening. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not a really it's active and and lots of debates going on, stuff like that. As you'd have in a, in a in a university in a anglophone country, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This is a lot of bright kids, uh, a lot that aren't that interested in just going to the credit points.
0: Um, and what's your major area of um, to the study at the moment? Because you've got quite a few topics. Is it the is it the manga?
1: Uh, um, my main thing now is this manga, and yeah. um, and that's something that's sort of come about. My, like I said before, my, my reason for coming to Japan was because I, I liked to draw and I was drawing cartoons and stuff. And I've always liked comics, but uh, I basically started doing Japanese language and area studies. But when you come to Japan, there was no major for Japanese studies. So I got forced into doing something else. I was doing comparative literature and culture. And then uh, at Nagoya University, it was a really strange subject. It was... Um, I was in the Department of Languages and Cultures, and my my course was actually called Advanced Cultural Studies. And uh, my supervisor told me not to tell anyone that I was a, a specialist in manga or I wouldn't find a job. Uh, and and also with, with Japanese studies too, that wasn't a thing then, so I wouldn't be able to find a job. Now Japan has this cool Japan thing going, and they're trying to promote themselves it's a major tourist destination, and there's been Japanese studies programs pop up all over the country. So it's possible to actually teach and study Japanese studies here in Japan now. And with manga, there is uh, about 20 universities that have manga courses now. Uh, most of them are actually drawing courses, but there's a few that actually have like just classes um, where they're teaching... Uh, I guess, manga and using literary theory, or uh, just teaching the history of manga as, as part of media studies classes. And in my case, because I'm in a sociology department, even though I'm not a sociology major, um, I'm stuck with a class on, on manga and sociology. But my, my actual research is mostly manga history at the moment, and political
0: cartoons. Yeah. what's your definition of manga because I saw some of these conferences you've been to and often the first person seems to be saying answering the question what it is
1: Ah, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Um, it Was it at the british museum this year they had the oh, last year? Sorry in uh, they had the big exhibition Probably the largest held outside of japan of manga and the symposium they held was called what is manga and I yeah. was actually on the program for that. but um the problem with manga is the word has been used different ways over time to mean different things. And today it tends to mean comic books. Uh, but it was, was it maybe about 10 years ago I was living, I was teaching in Hiroshima. I was living in a, a small country town and they have traveling movie, movie programs that come around and they'll play in like little culture halls out in the country. And, uh, there was one coming along to a culture center about 30 minutes from where I lived, and me and my wife tried to find this little town and their culture center, and we got lost along the way, and we ended up turning up late. And we rushed into the culture center, and we got to the, the counter where they're selling the tickets, and they had the old volunteers, pensioners there, selling the tickets, and they saw that we were in a rush, and we, we were late. They said, don't worry, the first picture is just a manga. Oh. And he was he was certain that uh, I was there to see the thing for adults, which was the uh, the second part of the program, a movie about a Japanese explorer, at the turn of the century. But what I was eager to see was the first thing on the program, which was an animation. And he was calling animation manga. And um, it wasn't just it wasn't even Japanese. It was a, a Kung Fu Panda.
0: Oh yes, I know that one so uh,
1: up until about the 1970s uh television animation was called terby manga tv manga the uh, animation at the cinema was also called uh manga and uh, political cartoons were called manga the, the first use of the word manga was in a modern sense was to to uh translate the word caricature from english uh, but Uh, Comics has become the main thing, and it's gradually taken over, so uh, it tends to mean comics. Usually in Japan that means um, stuff published serially in uh, weekly magazines and in book form. But it it also means Western comics, like Superman. If you show most Japanese people that, some will call it a comics, comics, but most people will say it's a manga. So anything that's in a comic form, we'll call manga here. But outside of Japan, stuff that's called manga means Japanese comics only, basically. So you, depending on who you talk to, you're going to get a sort of like a a blurring of distinction or just a, a difference in what they actually conceive as being manga. So uh, uh, it's, it's really hard to d- define it. <laughs> but basically, it has meant really broad things from just caricature sketches to political cartoons to animation to comics.
0: Yeah, so political cartoons are in classified as manga as well then?
1: Yeah, and actually they were up until the nineteen fifties, if you said manga, a lot of adults would actually understand it as political cartoons. Now they tend to say put the word politics before the word manga, like stagey manga. Single single panel uh, manga, uh, hitokoma manga. uh, They'll qualify the word manga. If you don't do that, they'll assume you're talking about comics. So a lot of people still call (laughs) political cartoons uh, manga. Maybe half the people here call it fushiga satirical pictures.
0: Does Japan have a strong political cartoon history then, or is it? How does it compare to say say like New Zealand or Australia? Or even I guess America is probably
1: it's it's nowhere near as aggressive. Um they have they have a long tradition, a long a long history rather than a tradition of, of um of uh, visual satire. And um even when it was you're banned from making political comments in the I think the 18th century, 18th century, about 1740, I think it was, 1740s, political comments were basically banned um, under threat of pretty harsh penalty in Japan. So basically, in publishing in any form, you couldn't actually discuss the government or, or make any political statements, but people would hide that behind puns and, and uh, metaphors and stuff like that. And uh, it wasn't until towards the end of the, the closed off period, the Edo period, so in the mid early to mid uh, 19th century that people started to actually do more sort of satirical things. but it was never really really like sensing uh, in the Anglophone tradition, maybe Gilray or Hogarth uh, very strong satire was very mild stuff. And there's still a sort of uh, Japanese reluctance to really... Bang people with with satire with a big stick. It tends to be mild. During the war, I think during the Sino-Japanese War in 1894-95, there was some a little bit nasty stuff. Uh, during the uh, Russo-Japanese War in 1904-1905, there was some nasty. Sort of cartoon, um, and then again in World War II, there was some pretty savage sort of stuff aimed at um, Winston Churchill, Roosevelt, Chiang Kai-shek. But outside of those contexts, most most Japanese satire tends to be pretty mild.
0: Yeah, so it's, today it's pretty mild, so compared to the, the the Trump cartoon and the the American newspaper kind of thing.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no there's no really savage satire here. It's just some it's quite witty, but, but nothing really gets on really angry about it.
0: So when you're doing your own sort of creative pursuits, do you sort of switch between Japanese and uh, say more like a Western humour approach?
1: Get my own stuff.
0: <laughs> you did something yourself, yeah.
1: Um, I, I really draw. The, I was drawing for a, a, a local city council once every two months for... Uh, and uh what was I do? I was drawing for a Japanese audience, so I, I had to make sort of it understood in Japanese. So I I don't necessarily think I was doing anything particularly Japanese apart from making the language that I was uh doing the cartoon and the captioning in Japanese. Uh and and because I was doing it here, it was like culturally embedded in in, in stuff they're doing like I could use images of um, festivals and uh, the portable sh- festival shrines and stuff like that, stuff that wouldn't be understood outside of Japan. I could incorporate in the cartoons. But, um, yeah, I, I don't draw a lot, and I don't think my humor probably hasn't changed when I do these, but the tools I use, uh, the images, will be slightly different mm. because I'm, I'm doing it for 20 years, you know.
0: How would you actually describe Japanese describe the Japanese sense of humour? Um, it's what makes them laugh.
1: What makes them laugh? <laughs> um, comedy programs are really really popular here. I mean, there's there's not much. There's almost zero satire, uh, political satire on TV. There's a bit of social satire. There's there's a, there's a lot of physical gags on on comedy programs getting hurt for doing something uh, wrong or, or having people like play practical jokes on them so yeah, that, I have
0: noticed that and then there's lots of graphics as well isn't there lots of yeah.
1: so that, that, that's the type of Japanese humor that actually can like they have these crazy programs in Japan they, they, they're hitting these people over the head with stuff it's physical and you can actually translate that but 80% of Japanese humor is based on puns and oh. it, it doesn't translate at all in 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 the workplace in in meetings uh, you have less humour floating around than you'd have um, in, uh, in perhaps Australia or New Zealand, because uh, where you can produce humour is more decided by place. And I think my supervisor who's written a book about this, um, basically if a beer comes on the, on the table, you've got permission to make a joke. If you're in a meeting, unless it's really close circle of people in the same company or something like that, you're probably not going to get many jokes flying around. Joking, making puns, is is part of daily life here, it's like, it's part of the fabric of the language, you can't avoid it, and people use jokes all the time, and there's some of the most popular programs on TV are comedy programs, my students, to communicate with my students, I, I like to watch comedy programs occasionally, so I can just copy the jokes or talk about the comedians with the students, because it's a way to, I don't know, get close to my students, yeah. It's really popular here,
0: humour. So, basically, beer on the table, you can joke. No beer on the table. You can do some puns.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. I mean, there's... there's, there's this place, work. Yeah, there's, there's sort of places where you can and, and can't joke. It's not like... In English, you can probably adjust your humour according to your who you're talking to, perhaps. Um, yeah. But relationships ships at work are much more rigid here than you'd have in. in Australia. I worked for a power company in Australia before I studied Japanese, and we had about 2,000 employees. I could get in the lift with the, with the president of the company, call him by his first name and and, um, and and crack a bit of a mild joke in, in the lift going up to the next floor. But here, that would be kind of unthinkable. And uh, but I, I, can't, I can't say there's no jokes at work, but just not the amount you'd have... It's, it's, you have to wait for a, a, an appropriate moment, like like a, a place where everyone's drinking, or during a lunch break, or something like that.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, that whole co- yeah. I mean, I had the minister of education. I met him, and he goes, "Hi, I'm Chris." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, good day, good day, Chris."
1: <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it's it's a different mode of communication here, and you, you you can't just be informal off the cuff with people. Yeah. With, without seeing without see, or you'd actually you probably come across as rude or, or being too forward so but, but in Japanese humor there's not a lot of i said satire is pretty weak and almost no political satire, but also irony is uh like it's if it's a really bad weather day, oh it's lovely weather today isn't it you Japanese people don't say that sort of thing sometimes if I try to do that in Japanese, people will think I've made a mistake with my Japanese and try to correct me <laughs> yeah. So I basically, I, unless it's people I know well, I, I give up on that sort of ironic sort of humour. Yeah. So
0: basically, there's no, there's no future for me in Japan because all my <laughs> irony, satire, and sarcasm are not wanted.
1: In, probably, in conversation, probably difficult. If you have it in cartoon form, it's probably there's probably people within Japan that actually like that. There's there's a there's like closet Monty Python fans here, and uh, there are fans of black humour. But it's it's not as common in, in daily interactions as you'd have other types. Of so yeah, you, you,
0: you can come here and, and
1: be a a, um, a cult superstar with your human region.
0: A niche, <laughs> a niche of one.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a big so even a niche is probably something more than you'd get in Australia or um, in, in in New Zealand, I imagine.
0: Yeah. I had someone else I interviewed. He's in a band and he went over there, Evan Pope, but he played in a band and he said, if they liked like your song, they clapped, but if they didn't like it, they, they didn't clap and they knew straight away what songs to play next time, um, which was yeah. interesting.
1: Well, if, if he had gone to go into karaoke, he would have got clapped no matter whether they liked it or not. It's like, it's manners here. No matter how bad you are, they'll clap.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my kind of people. Yeah. Um, anything, what have you got coming up? Any? I call the segment "Plug a Product," but have you got any sort of uh, any more presentations, seminars, what's on the horizon? Well, uh, travel might be off a bit at the moment, I guess, with the
1: stuff coming. I'm I'm working on a book, but I'm contractually not allowed to discuss it with anyone. <laughs>
0: okay, so, uh, that's all right. I,
1: ha- I have I have I am working on a book. Possibly in two thousand and one, you'll see a book with my name on it. 2021 um, and t- 2021 with myself and a co-author uh a, a japanese scholar who's resident in new york um other stuff i'm i'm working on a book with uh uh a group called this is a different book a, a book uh, it's called a, a handbook of Humors of the past
0: sorry was it a handbook i think of, maybe um,
1: humor of the past or humors of the past there's a group called HOP, which is kind of based originally at Aberdeen University, but um, it's it's uh, a group of mixed mixed people with different disciplines of literature, um, history, uh, theatre, who are working on humorous pieces of cultural artefacts, or humorous pieces of culture from the past that no one would probably understand these days. So i'm i'm writing a i've just written a paper i've got to revise it on um uh political cartoons and their puns in uh, the 1870s in japan mm. and this isn't like you'd have a political cartoon today based on one pun it was like a, a political cartoon where the, it has a visual pun and in the caption a really long caption it has about seven or eight puns in in, this, in a single caption. Um, and it's just like a vortex of, of, pun, of punning that, that people just uh, don't have in daily lives now in Japan. at a time when people read things more slowly and tried to understand puzzles. Uh, you weren't getting your cartoons every day. It was like once a week you'd buy a magazine and, and look at it with friends and, and read this until you've got all the puns in it so yeah. so that's that's what i'm doing and
0: that's quite busy and and, and finally for the um mm. what's some for the novice of manga what what's some recommended reading well viewing you got a couple of reading a couple of winners
1: um yeah in i uh, will i i do a lot of my reading in japanese with stuff today I, I th- is available in english uh I would recommend a book that's just come out by uh, Yoshiharu Tsuge, and uh, it's it's actually an old one, but it's been translated. It's just come out in the last couple of weeks, I think, translated by a guy called Ryan Hornberger, uh, and the title's called "Man with Without Talent."
0: "Man and, Without yeah. Talent," Ryan Hornburger.
1: Ryan Holmberg is is Holmberg. the is the translator. Yeah, um, and that's quite good. It's probably not what people, most people would expect from from Japanese manga. Uh, something else which has been out for a while, but I really like is uh, Bakuman, B A K U M A N. Bakuman, and it's by um, a writer and a Japanese cartoon artist. So. Oba and Obata, and it's about uh, two uh, junior high school students who are aiming at becoming professional comics writers, Mm -hmm. and why it's interesting is not not only because the the, the cartoons are really well drawn, the comic, but um, it, it gives you an inside look at how things work in the manga publishing industry. How, how they decide what goes in magazines, how they use reader feedback, uh, and the process of actually making a cartoon, a comics. So it's really interesting. And another one, I'll give you a third one. And I hope yep. they translate this. It's called Metamorphosis, no Engawa, which just means maybe a, a, a metamorphosis on the, back, on the balcony. A metamorphosis on the veranda. And it's about an elderly lady, retired lady, and a young girl from a bookstore who become friends over a thing called BL manga, which is boys love manga. So, uh, and I, I don't know whether you know what that is, but it's like, it's sort of comics about male homosexual relationships that are read by females, mostly. So there's, there's no torrid sex scenes and stuff like that, but it's just sort of like a, a light romantic or occasionally light pornographic stuff in them. And they, they make up about 14% of the, of the comics market here. And while I don't read that sort of stuff, uh, I, I really should know as an expert more about them. And this metamorphosis on the balcony is uh, a good way into that because it's just these two two women Different age groups making a friendship about through the reading material there, there. and it's, mm-hmm. it's actually been quite well received. And it's interesting. Oh, well,
0: maybe it's, you can send me. The, have you got links for those? Um, I like, can. Are they I on can, Amazon? I,
1: yes, they're, they're on Amazon. I'll, I'll
0: I'll send you some links. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll put them on the um in the podcast. Because, information. Uh,
1: the, the first one. I mentioned it kind of readily available and I, I would be very surprised if the third book isn't translated by someone soon because it's, it's been such a, a big um, thing here in Japan
0: uh, and you know, it a lot of critics and stuff. Mm. Oh, that's good. Thanks for your time, Ron.
1: No problems.
0: That was great.